poor is flashy, rich is loud, wealth is quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just remember that. So poor is flashy, rich is loud, wealth is quiet. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Kings podcast show, a show dedicated to helping men become all that they are. As always, I'm your host, Sion Stevens, and today I am joined by disruptor of generational poverty, Jasper, a.k.a. Mr. Build Wealth Smith. Jasper, how are we doing today? We're good, man. I woke up, so we got another day to fight absolutely absolutely every day so before we jump to this episode guys this is season two of the podcast be sure to go back look at some of the episodes from season one we have a lot of great guests some valuable episodes um so be sure to go back look at those but without further ado man let's get into today's episode so jasper if you want to just introduce yourself a little bit talk about the brand um and just talk about what you do yeah yeah so again jasper smith also known as Mr. Bill Wealth, and I'm the founder, chief visionary behind the Bill Wealth Movement. It's a financial education initiative that I started in 2015, kind of just as a little side project. It's always like it started out as a little something, yeah. and then it started getting traction where I was just using the hashtag Build Wealth, and I was sharing a lot of articles on Twitter at the time. I just wanted people to be more informed around all things related to money. And so uh, by background, I'm a financial planner, advisor, author, speaker, coach, therapist. So just put financial and then put another word. That's what I do. I mean, that's literally what I do day in and day out, man. It's just really getting people to get comfortable with money. Like the way we think about money, the way we feel about it causes us to not do things or to do things that may be. Uh, not in our best interest. And I'm always trying to talk to people around is what you're about to do in your best interest. And if not, we need to have a talk. Some of us want to have a talk. Some of us avoid the talk. Some of us feel like we're going to do it on our own. And so through the work that I do, I literally ask the question, if I can help, do you even want it? Like, are you willing to allow someone to help you Because the most successful people in this world have a team of people. They have coaches. They have support. They have people they can rely on to literally save them time. Like, I don't have enough time to be an expert in everything that's related to financial planning. So I know a little bit about a lot of different topics. But I need more people to really subscribe to this notion of needing a financial planner. Because the need is, is there. People just don't know. So I'm always trying to promote have a financial planner, work with an expert. Yes, you can do some things on your own, but you need to work with people who do this every day. You do this during your lunch break. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit in the morning before you go to your job. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. Uh, just really, really trying to, to get us to do more of what we're going to do today, like talk about money and then yeah. let's see where that, that may lead us. Yes, absolutely. And like you said, you know, this on this platform and on this episode today, we're here to have those talks that people don't want to have around money. But those are the talks that are really going to move us forward. Those are the talks that are going to give us a strong financial foundation. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to grow and make actual, true, authentic growth um, in every 
you know, journey that we take financially, uh, personal development wise, all of that. So this episode, we're going to move forward, take some big steps financially, talk about foundational elements to really, again, build a strong financial foundation. So we have a couple topics that we're going to jump into. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about um, this 18 year head start plan. You just so so we we had a kind of an episode planned out with a couple of different topics that we were going to talk about. And then I just read the article that you sent me yesterday, I believe that was or the day before something like that. Mm -hmm. And I read on the 18 year head start plan. And I was like, we have to include this in the episode. I was like, we have to. It was so good. I was like, yo, this is let's 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 talk about it. So why don't you just talk about yeah. that a little bit and let them, yeah. let them know what that is? Yeah. So I have a nine month old daughter and I didn't want to be the person to say, oh, I don't have enough money for my child for school. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's usually the biggest issue I run into with a lot of parents is, well, we got started late. I didn't know what to do. And so I wasn't going to blow that 18 year head start that every parent gets, every parent. Every single one gets this 18 year window of time. And yet some of us do things earlier, like I am talking about in that article and then others just wait. And then they have this, it's crazy, man. They have this look of like surprise, like, oh my God, they're grown. Yeah. You fed them, you loved them. You kept a roof over their head, like you nurtured them. So they're going to grow, but you know, you snap your finger and your child is just, they, they out the house. Yeah. So I didn't want to fall victim to that. And, and I had an experience during like, like right after she was born, like we, we did her birth at a birthing center, not a hospital. And so I was looking at the, they had like a resource wall and it was like, you know, they got every resource that can help a new parent, everyone. So yeah. you had your lactation consultants, your postpartum people, you had you know, all the psychology, you, you had a whole wall and I'm just looking through like, so nobody's going to talk to them about like this financial adjustment they're going to have to make. I mean, you you already are making adjustments before the child gets here in preparation. But once they're here, like nobody's telling you, oh, by the way, you should start all these other things in preparation. I, this is just the four things that I decided to do that my wife and I talked through. You have other options. It's just the four that I lay out literally could eliminate a lot of the issues that plague most of my clients today. We have bad credit because we weren't introduced to it early enough or we couldn't access the capital. We don't have enough for retirement. So we 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 don't have enough investable assets in the market. So we're like, oh, I didn't know how to start or, you know, it's always some excuse, you know, the saving piece. Well, we have that relationship with the financial institution because as long as a child has that relationship, chances are they're going to be a lot more successful than a child who doesn't have that relationship. Yeah. yeah. So those four things were what we decided on as a family. And, and I'll just share it with you and, and your and your audience is every year on her birthday, I'm going to do an update and just talk through, you know, I've done a lot. Of, I'm trying to constantly share the story and see who's going to subscribe to it. Yeah. Even if they don't do all the things that I talk about with me personally as their financial planner, you can't tell me it don't work because I've seen it happen. And I've seen it happen from personal experience. So my parents, three out of the four things that I listed, my parents did for me and my brother. They didn't do it for my sister, who's the oldest, because they just didn't know. Yeah. So when you know better, you do better, right? So my parents understood, yo, 
we need to do this for the next kid after my sister. So they did it for my older brother. And then it was like rinse and repeat for the next one. So, so anybody who sees that, maybe you don't have the full 18 years like I did. You still better start because time ain't waiting on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because it's like you said, man, people don't want to have these kinds of conversations sometimes, especially, you know, you, I mean, that was, that was clear when you, when you saw on the wall, it's like all of these different things to help your, to help new parents but nothing in the financial sector, you know? And uh-huh. and people just don't want to have conversations around this, but the conversations that we have around money when we're planning ahead of time, sure, they could be difficult in, you know, one way or another uh, you know, for, for the individual, depending on who it is. But it's a lot easier to deal with it then than when, you know, than dealing with the repercussions of, of not having planned these kinds of things out. Mm-hmm. So... Again, we're here to talk about them now because later, if we don't do these things, it's going to be so much, so much more difficult, so much harder to do the things that we want to do and build the things that we want to build. So I love that. I'm going to leave the article link and everything in the bio. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But but you, you said a word, man. We we are so reactive. Like we bad stuff just has to keep happening. And then that still doesn't make us a believer. And it's like, have you seen like your family have an issue, a friend of a family, somebody that you know on socials, like you're seeing all these things happen. And and for some reason in your brain, it's not connecting that you can avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to deal with that if, if you're willing to do what it takes. But for some of us, we're just not going to do it. And it's going to be, we're going to repeat this cycle over and over and so when i talk about disrupting generational poverty like that's what i'm about i gotta disrupt this stuff that y'all are doing Mm -hmm. if it's working keep going yeah but it ain't for most of us or most of us aren't exposed to the information so then it's like well when i get the information what do you do with like they always say knowledge is power well you can be the smartest person in the world but don't nobody know you're smart how good is all the books you've read i mean come on let's talk about it yeah you gotta put some of that knowledge to use absolutely so we talk about financial literacy i'm like i think we're pretty literate for most of us they can at least read they can look at youtube university so they got an idea but they still aren't executing so we're just learning and consuming information and then we're just stagnant absolutely absolutely so a lot of gems dropped there but let's 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 get into this well first of all let's just talk about that what you said the reactive and and that 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 plays in so many different categories of just life in general. That applies, you can just apply that to your life. You want to be proactive instead of reactive. Just think about that and live your life by that. Don't wait until for some, don't wait for something to happen before you take action. That's living, you know, in a reactive state. You want to be proactive. You want to prevent certain things from happening and you want to be on top of it. You want to build that momentum to where you're always on top of the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you have everything taken care of. You want to have everything taken care of. So that's just something to really think about. And you really, again, want to live that life proactive instead of or opposed to reactive. So we'll just we'll just leave it with that. But so let's get into so let's get into this into this value um, around building a strong financial foundation. Right. So there's a lot of things, of course, that your clients, people that you talk to and everything, and, and just people in general don't want to talk about when it comes to, to finances. Yeah. So yeah. 
we we listed a couple of these things that we're going to get into them and we're going to talk about what they are, how we can start implementing them, things like that. So I want to just talk about this first one. Let's talk about budgeting, right? <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about budgeting. So first, let's tell or or tell our audience, you know, what what is budgeting essentially? Why is it why is it important to budget? What it is, it is you understanding the the inflows and outflows of your money. That's what a budget is. <clears throat> it's important to know that. Because you're spending money all the time on something. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, man. Most, most of my clients don't like budgeting. Don't officially commit. Like they, I think most people dabble with like I budget here and there. Like when it gets rough, then you want to look at your numbers. It's hard to like make this a habit. Like I personally don't like budgeting either. Yeah. Hey, the financial guy that doesn't like budgeting. However, comma. You have to find the budgeting strategy that works for you. Mm -hmm. That's the key. So, so the problem with my industry is they've always told us, well, do your budget for a whole month. That's great. But people live their life in this two-week window because most of us get paid every two weeks if you have a normal, you know, regular job every two weeks. There are some that get paid monthly. But then what about your entrepreneurs who get paid haphazardly where like I got paid today, didn't get paid for three months, got a big money, you know? So, so the problem with the way our industry, my industry has done it is they try to push us all into this one box. So the budget strategy should work for all of us and it can, but sometimes it just doesn't speak to us. And so if people search like the, uh, Budgeting strategies on the internet, you'll see like zero-based budget, priority-based budget, the 50-20-30 the plan. I mean, there's all these different strategies. They all can work, but you've got to find the one that works for you. So, so again, every workshop I used to go to, I mean, it was the same. You should do a budget. Here's why it's important. They know why it's important. Yeah. So don't keep bashing them as to why. Offer a solution. That, that, that's the problem. So, so if any of your listeners are struggling with budgeting, just keep trying is what I'll say. Give yourself some grace. You don't wake up and become a master budget. Unless you are in business, you are an accountant, or you're just really into numbers, you really don't care about budgeting. There are very few people who actually like doing it. I just told y'all that I'm a financial planner and I don't care for it, but yeah. I know it's important to, to, to my overall success. It's important. Mm -hmm. So suck it up and find that strategy because when you talk about hey i want to learn how to invest well how much money do you have to invest so if you can't tell me that number we got to take a step back and, and i find that most people want to skip the budget conversation because it's almost too basic for them yeah, yeah. don't skip that step yeah <laughs> it's an important step and you know let's let's just build on that for people who are listening who don't have budgets and I'm, I can imagine because of how big of a turnoff it is financially, you know, building a budget that there's so many people who haven't found a suitable budget for their income structure and have just gave, given up on it, essentially. And for those listeners, let's just talk about why. I mean, you spoke a little bit to the, you know, to the investment, but let's, let's talk a little bit further in it. 
what are some of the benefits of a successful budget? Like if I have a successful budget, if my budget, you know, if I found a strategy that works for me and I've I've successfully completed my budget, yeah, let's say for the whole entire year, what will I have at the end of that year? What what will I be able to do differently at the end of that year that I wasn't able to do before? You'll sleep better at night, first off, because you'll feel more in control. So when you're more in control of anything, you just you have a different level of comfort. So the discomfort that most people feel around managing their money could totally be eliminated by committing to a budget. If you do it for a whole year, oh, you you do very well because you're so far ahead of what mo most people can't plan tomorrow out, let alone a year. Yeah. But having that level of comfort allows you to move through life a little different. So even when you have the unexpected emergency that pops up, you will be able to handle it appropriately because you're not stressing over, do I have enough or don't I? Mm. Because you'll, you'll always kind of be in the know. Mm. So for people who just avoid the budget, I always ask, how do you deal with life's issues? Because they're always going to hit you. Mm. It's never always perfect for anybody. But how do you manage life if you don't know the inflows and outflows of your money yeah absolutely and that's that's huge for us you know as men who want to be the rock essentially in our families yeah and, you know just just in general we want to always have control over what we're doing we want to know what we're able to do and we want to just be dependable on the you know for the people around us um you know it's important that they can depend on us that they can know that we have it under control and that's, that's huge yeah here's what i'll say to me even even for the, you, you, the bros who are gonna take this heart this message to heart sometimes you ain't gonna have it all figured out but at least you have some structure by trying to work on this budget you can at least appear a little bit better because some of y'all just flat out lying you ain't got no clue and you faking it i'm all for faking it but you can't fake it forever i'm yeah. just it's gonna crumble you gonna yeah. crash you yeah. you won't be the rock you won't be the leader but as men we need to try harder mm. you yeah. gotta try because yeah. once you make the commitment just it, it, i'm telling you make the commitment and just watch some of that stress fall out it just it just goes away yeah absolutely absolutely so that was you know that was huge um and just you know if you're listening to this take notes on everything that we're saying, because it's very important and you want to implement these things. Like we're giving the value here. And like you said before, you can be the smartest guy. You can have all the information. You can listen to the entire podcast episode, but if you don't go in and you start and you don't start to implement these things, it was pointless. It, it doesn't mean anything. So make sure that we actually take note on it. Let's talk about how we can begin to implement these things because that's, that's, that's huge. And that's more important than just having or just as important as getting all of the value that's the other half that's the other step so let's just get into the next concept let's talk about living below our means and what that what that looks like what that means let's just let's just talk about that and why is that why is that important to start building wealth to start growing something if you balling out of control and you making the money, I don't mind what you do. Right. Let me say that first. 
if you can afford the lifestyle you're living, live it up. You got mm -hmm. one life. I'm all about the YOLO stuff. Yes, do it. Yeah. For the majority of people, they aren't able to afford the lifestyle they're living. Mm -hmm. And once again, you're going to find yourself being very stressed trying to keep up. Mm -hmm. Trying to keep up with somebody who doesn't care about you, who's not really noticing you, is costing you. Mm -hmm. So I know it looks good on the internet, on the socials. Do you actually know if those people are really doing it? Because I personally know people who aren't, who are on socials. Yeah. And it looks incredible. I mean, Hollywood production type stuff. And they broke as a joke. Yeah, don't get fooled. Don't, don't get fooled by the things that you see on social media. I cannot stress this enough. Like, say say that loud. Say that louder for the folks in the back who got the volume turned down. Like, dog, I don't care if they got two followers, 10 million. You really do not know if they popping like that. It looks good on the surface. Yeah. But you really don't know if they got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like he said, man, do not do not try and keep up with with whatever, you know, the social media stuff, the a lifestyle that's not actually a lifestyle that is for you at that current time. You know, that's what living below your means is, is about. Like focus, think about what you're trying to grow. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's the only thing that matters. So it, it, well, let me say this too. It's not sustainable. So even yeah. the wealthiest people, you don't see they're not the flashiest, unless you're in entertainment. Like yeah. it you aren't necessarily showing what you have, but you cannot sustain that lifestyle. If you talk to anybody who's really good with their money, like real wealthy people, at some point you you gotta stop that lifestyle unless you literally have some cash flow that's never gonna leave your like forever like unless you have an unlimited cash flow that's always coming in whether the markets are good or bad whether like you unless you have that yeah ball out yeah do yeah. you yeah that's it's so interesting because <laughs> you just made me think about something that i didn't even think about how important the industries the different industries are and what wealth looks like in those different in industries and how different it looks when different people are trying to build different things like i was so this past summer i was in where was i dc and it was like a business conference and we had people um like entrepreneurs from all over the world come and so one of my friends from from paris he's like an an influencer on social media and when he came to dc from paris he wanted to get a lot of content so he was renting cars things like that. He was driving through the streets of DC and all the slingshot, all different types of cars, <laughs> taking pictures, you know, like we stayed in and we all stayed in a really dope hotel um, because that's where the conference was at. He was taking pictures at the window, with like three watches on one arm. Like <laughs> he was, he was doing a bunch of different things. So if, if, you know, and, and that's not what I was doing. Of course I was there, you know, doing, doing my, doing my stuff. Right. And so it's just, it was just so inter interesting to see. And especially because we had so many different, we had so many different people from so many different backgrounds with so many like different companies, different brands, things like that. To just see how they all maneuvered, you know, respect to their, to their field, to what they were trying to grow. It was really interesting to see. And it wasn't like, you know, one was more wealthy than the other necessarily but it was just what they were trying to build he was talking to me he was a really he was actually a really humble 
dude. You know, some people might not might not you know think that about people who they see create content like that. But he was a really humble dude, and he was saying like, you know, this is just what gets uh, most engagement within my yeah. audience. Yeah, and it's like, yo, yo, I respect that. When yeah. there's a business and a and a real like, there's a motive behind these actions. I'm okay with you making those. I'll say they're investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are investments. But what I what I'll say to you, Groove, and for all 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 of your audience is, and I, I don't know who originated this 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 quote, but it was, "Poor is flashy, rich is loud, wealth is quiet." Mm-hmm. And just remember that. So, poor is flashy, rich is loud, wealth is quiet. And then I'll say, unless you are an entertainment, if you are an influencer, then of course it's not perfectly in that order. But again, if you're trying to get it popping because you're building a business or a brand, I'm all for that. But can you sustain that? So you see the 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 stories where they were popping all the cars, the trips, and then they filed for bankruptcy. Yeah. That that ain't cool, dude. Like, yo, I'm I, can you sustain it? And yeah. sometimes if you can be honest with yourself, it's okay to hit the pause button and go dark for a while. Like, go dark, yeah. figure it out, and then come back. And 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 people love a fall and a rise. Yeah. <laughs> the bad and then a great feel-good comeback story. So people eat that stuff up. Yeah. yeah. But you can't be popping like, yo, I got this new thing and I'm popping tomorrow. No, dog. It takes years to build a business. It takes months. Yeah. And y'all are just doing this like, I snap my fingers, I'm successful. But living below your means until you really have it is what I would recommend everybody to do. And then when you have it, just if you're going to live a certain lifestyle, just make sure you can sustain it. And if you can't, hit the pause button, regroup, figure out what you got to do, and then get back to it. But for most of us, we're jumping first, trying to live it and not thinking about building the plan that's going to support the lifestyle that we're trying to portray. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest takeaway from that is, can you sustain the lifestyle mm-hmm. you're living? That's the biggest takeaway. And ask yourself that question. The answer is no. You might have to reevaluate, you know, your lifestyle at this current time. It's just, it is what it is. It is what it or, is. Or just keep, yo, keep, keep struggling. That's all I'll say. You, you enjoy the stress and the struggles. And if that's what you're into, because you need that to feel alive, have at it. Because I don't want that life. Yeah, yeah. We're not here for that. None of our listeners are here for that. I can guarantee. <laughs> I can guarantee. <laughs> but but absolutely, absolutely. So that's the biggest takeaway. And again, make sure to really think about the concepts that we're saying and and think about how they apply to your life. Because, you know, everybody is is unique. We kind of touched on you know, the different industries um, kind of require and what those lifestyles look like. So we can't say what all of our individual listeners, what kind of lifestyle they're living, but be honest with yourself when you, when you think about what are, what am I doing? What am I trying? What is the lifestyle I'm trying to live? What am I trying to grow? And really be honest with yourself because that is where true growth is going to, is going to happen. Great. Um, so let's just get into this next thing. And this is one of the one of the last things. I think we have two more that we want to really talk about. Let's talk about tackling debt because that's mm. another huge one. I don't know the I don't know the exact number of Americans, you know, who are struggling with debt. I don't know it. Um, but I know it's high. 
and it was really high. <laughs> and so it's a, it's an important topic for us to to talk about because again, a lot of us a lot of us are struggling with it. And you know, with some massive debts, it may not seem possible to tackle. So let's just talk about let's just talking about tackling debts. Let's talk about a couple of different different strategies um, and some recommendations that you can give. Yeah. First off, get comfortable with the debt. First thing, acknowledge it, like soak it in. Because if you don't do that, you just continue to stress. Mm. And that's what happens with a lot of my clients. Like they'll, they'll tell me I got all this debt. I'm like, cool. Who doesn't? Like most people do have some level of debt mm. and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, the only thing that's wrong with it, I want you to have more assets than debts, than, yeah, than liabilities. Yeah. But when you're trying to figure it out, just embrace that you you have that student loan. Like you had to go back to school to maybe get that job. That's okay. So in your brain, again, when I talk about changing the way people think, you got to say, I had to do this. I had no other options. Mm-hmm. Family didn't save money. They didn't invest for me. So I'm in this situation. Just if you can say that, you will feel a, like the weight starts to lift off your shoulders like instantly. Yeah. yeah. So you have some debt. Now you're like, well, how do I tackle it appropriately? There's mm-hmm. two schools of thought. They both work. There's not one that's better than the other. Okay, mm-hmm. let me say that. But you got to make a commitment to one of them. And it's these are popular techniques that everybody, financial gurus talk about. They work. I use them with my clients. Again, I get my clients to pick one and then we execute and we get it done. Yeah. So the first one is the debt snowball technique. Mm-hmm. So this one highly touted. All you do is take the smallest debt and work on paying that one off the quickest, mm-hmm. the quickest. It's the smallest debt. You can get rid of that one fairly quickly. Yeah. That's why you want to focus on that. One. So once that, so if you have other debts, you're just paying the minimums. You don't worry about the other. You say, I got one small debt for like $500. How much, how long will it take me to pay off that $500? If you got it today, pay it off today. That's one less debt you have. So now you say, okay, I got to get focused on debt number two. But whatever you were taking on debt number one, you add that to that minimum payment on number two. So now you are essentially making double payments. So payments that you were making on the first debt goes to the second debt. And you just keep rinsing and repeating that cycle. So that's why they call it a snowball. Start at the smallest. It gets bigger, bigger, bigger. And this is where you may see people are like, oh, uh, I'm a teacher, right? Teachers don't get paid no money anywhere in this country. Mm-hmm. But let's say I paid off a whole lot of debt in a short amount of time. They probably were using the, the snowball technique and a couple other things. But mm-hmm. the snowball gets you to focus. That's all. It, it's not magic. Yeah. You aren't saving any more money. You aren't changing your lifestyle. You're just saying I'm focused Mm -hmm. on knocking out the smallest one before I begin to work on the larger debt. So that's that's the one strategy that I always tell people about the debt snowball technique. Most financial gurus promote it because it works. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that sounds like a obviously like a great strategy for numerous reasons. And just hearing it, I. I can think about the motivation that you might like begin to have using that technique. Like if you're somebody with a lot of debts and it looked virtually impossible to tackle all of these debts and you really start with the smallest one, you actually knock it out and you might grow the confidence in saying, wow, like 
these are actually manageable. Like these are things that I can actually do. That's the key. So, yeah. so you feel, you still owe a whole lot of money, but yeah. you feel better. You literally feel better yeah. just because you have one less. So if you had 10 debts, you only owe nine. In your brain, you're like, man, progress. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that, do, that does encourage you to say, you know what? Let, let's get busy on the next one. Yeah, yeah. And one of the, works. the biggest, one of the biggest motivations that you can have in life is making progress in in a journey that you set out to complete. Yes. That's one of the biggest, the greatest motivations that you could possibly have. Whatever, whatever it is, this is this goes beyond just finances. If you set out to do something and you make progress in that journey, it's it's a different kind of motivation. It's huge. Speak on it. Speak on it. Yes. And so that yeah. this this technique sounds amazing. Let's really think about it. Let's try and implement these if you're a listener with with that that you want to tackle because this sounds amazing for you know multiple different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So so let me um let me tackle the second one, the debt avalanche. Yeah. So it's similar, but all we're doing is focusing on the debt and we try to eliminate the debt with the highest interest rate first. Mm. So whichever one has the highest rate, you want to focus on that one. Mm. And then you work your way down. Now, problem with that strategy, I like the debt avalanche. The problem with it, and this is just from my experience, the highest interest is usually somebody's credit card that also has like the highest balance. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I like the avalanche from a mathematical, you know, because people say, well, focus on the one that, you, you know, the interest. I get that. But a lot of times it's that credit card that has the variable rate from 18 to 24 mm percent. And so sometimes the math doesn't always work out with the highest interest rate. But again, the avalanche also works in ground. So if, if you do have the 27 percent interest card, I need you to focus on knocking that one out if 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 you can. So right. so I, I again, you're not wrong. Got to have a strategy that is going to focus your efforts. That's how you rid yourself of the debt. It's about that emotional feel that we just talked about. It's it just, you, you, you're you making that progress. So you, you, then you become a believer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You become a believer when you see the money starting to, you know what, I'm making some progress. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I might be, but, but also too, you want to be realistic about your timeline. So you, you can, you may not be making more money but if you're focused on how you are applying those dollars to your debt, again, you still feel better about, okay, now I know it's going to take me eight months. Or uh, if I made it a little bit more, it's going to take me about, you know, six months. But if I really get that job I was looking for and get promoted, I could probably knock this out in three months. And so what you'll do is you'll start to mentally think, okay, if I curb some spending on some fun in my life and knock an extra, put an extra payment down on this debt, that debt is gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so I'm not, I'm not a fan of like, you know, paying off all your debt before you save and invest money, but I want you to think more about, I need to be more aggressive with my debt mm -hmm. because that frees me up to save and to invest more money. Cause the debt ain't helping you out. The debt is just a burden to everybody. Uh -huh. So yes, you want to rid yourself from that debt as quick as possible, but don't forget to save and invest a little bit because of the compounding factor, right? I don't want to, if it's going to take me 10 years to pay off my student loan, I don't want to start saving in year 10 the day after I paid off my student loan because I missed 10 years 
of compounding interest. And, and there are some people who promote pay off all your debt before you start saving and investing. I'm not a fan of that. I need you to do maybe a little bit of saving, a little bit of investing, a whole lot on your debt. Mm -hmm. And then as time goes on, the debt payments are starting to shrink. Mm -hmm. Saving and investment starting to increase. Mm -hmm. That's that's where you should want to be. Yeah. And so for anybody listening who has a debt issue, it does behoove you to aggressively pay down that debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's man, that's huge. So two great strategies. Um, <laughs> and again, I think I think like we said before, it all boils down to what sounds the best to you, what works the best for you. And that all comes from being able to honestly evaluate your situation, what you're trying to grow, what your debts look like. These are all questions that you got to ask yourself before jumping into or deciding what strategy you're going to use for, for anything, tackling debts, um, budgeting, all the things that we talked about. So let's just move into the next and the final one, which is building credit. Everybody's everybody's favorite to talk about, um, <laughs> you know, so let's 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 talk about that, man. Let's talk about building credit. Let's talk about some uh, a strategy to build credit. And yeah, let's just get into that, man. Look, credit. I swear to you, man, if we could just understand the rules to our credit system and use those rules to our advantage we could get to the fun stuff, which is the investing, the insurance, retirement, the, the real estate. But credit is holding so many people back. Like I got I got clients who, I mean, they make great money. Credit is awful. Now, some of it's because of, you know, failed businesses, failed marriages. Mm -hmm. But the majority is just people's poor spending habits. So we talked about the budget, right? The people skip that budget. They just start swiping that card. And they rack up this debt if they have credit cards. But if I'm like, you know, in a situation, we talked about how to clean clean it up. But if I'm really trying to get my credit on point, I've got to first just know what's being reported about me. Mm. Step one, go to annualcreditreport.com. Download your free, free credit report from each of the three bureaus, that's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Mm -hmm. So annualcreditreport.com. You do not get the score. The score I do not care about right now. I need you to at least see what's being reported about you. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many people have never done that. They just start applying for credit cards and trying to like figure out why they're getting declined. I'm like, you need to know there's a system out there that's reporting information about you. I need you to start there. Yeah. And wait, before you go on to the next thing, I just want to insert this really quickly. He gave you an exact link to go to and direct instructions. With all that being said, please be one of the listeners who actually do it. Please be one of the listeners who actually go and look at what's being reported about them. It's it's important. It's huge. And like I said, you just gave some very clear steps on it. And I just wanted to insert that really quickly because that's that's huge. Like it's it's very clear steps to take. Please take the action and do it. And it's free. So you can literally, I think every, because of the pandemic, you literally can check like every week. Like it used to be once a year and people like by law, they are, they have to give you the report. 
they don't have to give you the score. Don't pay for the score. You can go to other platforms and they may give you a score, but you got to see who's reporting your score. Because mm -hmm. the problem with some of these apps that give you a score, you just don't know what the others might be reporting about you. So I've had people who say, well, my transunion was a, a 712. And I'm like, great. What are the other two? I don't know. They only gave me one score. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So it's so I'm, I'm telling you, man, I've heard it all from people about what they think they're doing. And I say the score, I know we are transfixed on the number, but I need you to actually see the report. Because if I see a report, I got an idea of what your score is based on that report. Mm. I've done enough of that, that work to see that you need to know. We talked about being proactive. This is the one thing that I want your listeners to do is just be proactive so you don't get surprised when you get declined or when they're like, hey, we found something. They should never say we found something. They should say we saw something. You're like, oh, yeah, I know about that. Like yeah. It should be a different conversation if you have some negative items on there because un unfortunately maybe you had uh, family members, you know, parents or guardians who use your social and then jacked up, you know, your credit before you even knew. And I hate that people do that. I know our, our foster care system is one of the biggest culprits. <laughs> these people are getting money and then they're just putting the names of their, their bills and these kids. It's, it's messed up. So I say check, because you just need to be sure what's being reported because the biggest errors on credit reports, misspelled names, bad addresses, bad phone numbers. So at a minimum, are they spelling your name right? Yeah. Man, look, if you if you if you say, you know, we found a Jasper S. Smith, I'm gonna say, I don't know who the S is, because my name, my middle name started with an E. It ain't me. And yeah. I and then you gotta be that fanatical about I need to know about what they're saying about me because. Your credit report and score are like the, the biggest way that this world can discriminate against you. They don't know you. They don't care about your story, but they're going to look at a piece of paper or a number and make an assessment about your character and your level of trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. And you're not there to defend yourself. So for all these people who are like, I don't check my credit. I'm like, yo, you bugging. Yeah. You bugging. Unless you got all the toys and you got all the money and you don't need to finance anything forever in life. You don't need credit, but too many of us still will be reliant upon credit. Credit is a great way to build a business because you're using other people's money, OPM. Everybody talks about it. Having good credit is, is why America is so dominant as a country. Mm -hmm. Let me just throw that out there for your listeners. Yeah, yeah. Credit is important, y'all. Yeah. Nobody seems to have all the cash they need, but we <laughs> borrow. We use yeah. leverage. Yeah. But your credit. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. It's so important. And you and you just touched on it because my next question was going to be for the people who don't understand credit that well. They might not even know why it's important to build credit. So I was just going to ask to talk a little bit about what you can do with a good credit score, what you yeah. can do with good credit, because that's yeah, like you just you, said. You will get favorable rates when you go to maybe get a car loan, maybe you need a personal loan. Anytime you need to borrow some money, they're going to look at your credit first. Again, they're going to make an assessment about you before you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. You might want to have some good credit so they respect you more when you have that conversation. But if your numbers and your report are solid, yeah, you have more power. So they may still not give you the, the most favorable rate, but you can say, you know what? 
let me go shop it around because I know my scores are great. So I should get the most favorable rate. Mm -hmm. You also, when you are applying for a job, they run your background and they run your credit and people are like, well, why? Because again, if I'm about to hire you as a business, I need to see, can you manage your own money? Like if, if I'm about to hire you and you're going to be working my cash register and you can't manage money at a basic level, nah, I'm good. Yeah. They may not hire you because you have too many negative accounts on your report. Because that's, 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 that's a, it's telling a story about, yo, pay your bills. Are you going to show up to work on time? Because you're yeah. making late payments to everybody. And that stuff, it's not a perfect it's not a perfect match, but more times than not, people with bad credit aren't the best with money, aren't the best in terms of health. And, it, you know, the, the, there's this whole list of things yeah. that come with. I know a lot about you just by looking at your report. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting. So I forget who this was exactly, but there was this CEO of a of a company and he said that when he has new recruits come in um potential candidates for for job positions in his company he'll have somebody go out to the uh parking lot and check that person's car and if the person's car is a mess and dirty and all crazy he said he won't even hire them he won't even talk to them and so and i say that to say it's in the same vein as yes. can you take care of the things that you're responsible for yes. are you that type of person who can take care of your responsibilities, can you handle what needs to be handled? That's that's what it's about at the end of the day. And we want to make sure that we can handle everything that we are responsible for handling. Because like you said, people, you know, with bad credit and things like that, not all the time, but it's possible that your health can also be not where it needs to be. And other things that you are responsible for might not be where it needs to be. Not necessarily because you don't have good credit, your health is bad, right? But it just shows like, it demonstrates the kind of person you are. Are you the kind of person who can handle the things that they're supposed to handle or are you not? Which is why that trait in itself can trickle down and impact things like finance, yes. health, yeah. all the things that you are supposed to be responsible for. Yeah. And, and here's the last thing I'll say too. Credit is important because uh, depending on where you want to live. So you want to rent an apartment, that landlord runs your credit. Because again, if you always late on payments, you're going to be late on my rent. Yeah. So you may not get an apartment because your credit isn't where it needs to be. So there's all these things that life is going to throw at you. So if you give people a reason to decline you, to deny you, you got to say, look, maybe I got something to do with why I'm getting this bad treatment. Yes, I know there's racism and sexism. I, I know the isms that exist, mm -hmm. but your credit is on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and and. <laughs> You just touched on that. And this would be like one of the last things we say, but man, the, the isms and the things like that, that, that people complain about, man, before you talk about anything, anything external, make sure that everything that you can take care of is taken care of. Make sure I hate, I, I can't stand when people talk about things that are out of their control and complaining about the things that are out of their control. Yeah. When the things that are within their control, well within their control, are yeah. in is a complete mess. So please, guys, take make sure you take care of everything that you need to take care of. Handle everything that you need to handle and grow to be that responsible, that responsible individual and, you know, live the life that you that you want to live because it's possible you can build it. Um, and, you know, it's there for you if you put in the work. 
So I think I think we can pretty much end on that, man. Um, if you can just leave a couple of different places where our listeners can reach you, get in contact with you, interact, you know, with with all the things that your brand and company offers. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'll lead them to a couple places. So one, uh, Instagram at Mister underscore Bill Wealth. So again, that's on Instagram, Mister underscore Bill Wealth. Uh, hit me up on LinkedIn, Jasper Smith. Uh, you can even search if you search Mister Bill Wealth, my name will pop up. Uh, been really heavy on LinkedIn lately. And then, in case you're kind of wanting to learn more about all that I really do, go to thebuildwealthmovement.com. And just take a look. I got a lot of stuff on there that I share. And I'm very intentional about the articles that I've written. So even the 18-year one, that that's on there. But I'm, I'm very intentional about the messaging that I want to put out uh, because I, I don't want to be the fly-by-night. I'm on the trend. I'm not. I just want to give you good information that's timeless. So whenever you feel the time is right for you to pick it up, that's the type, type of content that I like producing. I'm not the fly by night. I'm a pop up. I do it sometimes, but that's not my, that's not who I really am. I just want to give you stuff that again, no matter the day, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in the economy, the information that I'm giving is legit. And if if we can subscribe to some of the information I'm presenting, I know you can do better financially. You can then share that information with your family, with your village, with your, with your crew, you know, just if we get to a point where we're more comfortable, where we're talking about it, I know we will disrupt generational poverty. I know, like guaranteed it will happen if you and your crew and you and your family start to change the conversation on all these topics, the ones we talked about today, but there's others, just just start talking about it. And then you'll start to find who's really about that life. Yeah. A lot of people talk, a lot of people yapping mm-hmm. and they ain't doing nothing. Yeah. So I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not this hypocrite where I'm preaching this stuff. I live all the advice that I give. So in case anybody was like, is he legit? Yeah, I've been doing it for 16 years. I think so. Yeah. It's the only thing I've been doing. Yeah. So. So with all that being said, man, I'm going to leave all of that information in the description. Be sure to check it out. Be sure to look at the articles, man. I was just like I said before, I read the 18 year Head Start plan and that was very informative, very valuable. And there's a ton of other different things that you can know, view and interact in terms of it with his content, uh, that will be extremely valuable for you. So be sure to go check all of that out. But with that being said, man, that concludes today's episode of the Art of Kings podcast show. Be sure to join our community on Instagram at underscore Art of Kings underscore. We're going to get much more active in that community come season two and all the next seasons. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review of course, if you think that it was a valuable episode and we gave some great content and just be sure to stay tuned for new episodes. Again, season two is going to be very impactful and we're going to have great episodes and great guests just like Jasper today. So with all that being said, thank you for listening. We'll see you next episode. Peace.